Hey everybody, welcome back to the Lucky Doll Podcast. This is your host, Elias Roush. This podcast is sponsored by EliasRoushMedia.com. Photo, video, digital media production. Today we're discussing Search Party Season 1. Search Party is available on HBO Max currently. That is what I am watching it on. And uh, Search Party is an American satirical dark comedy thriller. Television series created by uh, Sarah Violet Bliss and Charles Rogers um, and Michael Showalter. Um, Primarily set in New York City, this series follows a group of friends who become involved in the search for a missing young woman and the events that result from their involvement. Now, I had heard pretty good things about this show, mostly because I listen to a lot of other podcasts throughout the day while I'm working. Um, As an editor and stuff like that, I have time to listen to other podcasts about other shows. And this one happened to come up on the radar on the Slash Filmcast, so I want to just give a quick shout-out to Jeff Kanata on there for encouraging everyone on that podcast to uh, check out Search Party. Just the uh, emotion this uh, reviewer had about it was just uh, amazing. You know, when someone's just talking about like one of the best things they've seen recently, and if you trust their judgment, you're like, okay, they might have something to say. And if they're really going off on it, it's like, all right, maybe I really do have to check out this show. Like, uh, what makes it so good? So when I first saw this, I was surprised that it was... uh, as old as 2016, had four seasons already, and was essentially already wrapped up to my knowledge. And uh, let me see the, the the premiering schedule of this real quick. The first season premiered on TBS in 2016, the end of the year. The second season premiered uh, at the end of 2017, around the same time, and it was review, uh, renewed for a third season in 2018. And then it was announced the series would be uh, moving to HBO's uh, HBO Max. Um, the fourth season premiered uh, at the beginning of January 14th, 2021, with the fifth season being announced uh, at the beginning of February 2021. So there is going to be another season of Search Party. I am, I am so excited. I can't really say too much about the show when it comes down to the plot as much. I I wasn't sure how in-depth I was going to go with this first season um, plot. Since it's relatively, um, oh wait, I don't want to scroll down too far and spoil it for myself. I've got some of the stuff pulled up here for the the first four seasons. I'm trying to only discuss about the first season in this this podcast. So, Anyone that has uh, seen the first season should be okay with, uh, with with regards of spoilers. And so I would like to just kind of say up front that this is one of those shows where you're kind of trying to track the type of comedy that's going on and to really kind of uh, 
compare it to something that I've watched recently, it kind of feels like a combination of the humor that you got on like a Shit's Creek with a little bit of lap over of like The Office. It's kind of like the main characters are the straight characters and then everyone in the world around them is just ridiculous. Um, I don't really know how much better to explain it than that, but it's just like I can't believe these characters are living in this type of world. And they're so like deadpan when the when the comedy hits. It is just like, oh, my God, are you serious? You know, like, are you serious? And it's kind of hard for me to get too animated about it without giving out specific details. But I got to say, when it comes down to the writing, when it comes down to the direction, when it comes down to the feeling of having fleshed out characters in this is just phenomenal. Um, uh, one thing Jeff Kanata, I'm going to bring him up again. Uh, Jeff said on his review of the first, I think first two seasons or something like that was just how meticulously detailed it is. Even with the jokes, you remember how detailed the office was with, uh, the characters that they had in that world. It really feels like these characters or these people are real people. And there isn't like a second that I don't really feel like these people would probably be acting in this uh, in this way. One thing I've noticed is real what really good writing will do is is flesh out diff, you know an entire cast and different characters or specific people on the cast and it won't feel like it's coming all from the same voice and I really do feel like this is um it's it's got voices from uh Sarah Violet Bliss, the creators, uh Charles Rogers, Michael Showalter and it's uh it's impressive. I, I enjoyed the overall concept a, a, a hell of a lot. Like, I was up at 3 a.m. this morning, and I was like, hmm, what do I want to do? I'm going to watch, like, an hour of Search Party. And the fact is, the pacing, the jokes, and the fact that it feels like the show easily could have been a 40-minute show, but they are cutting it down to a 22-minute episode's which is perfect for me. Um, I'm, I'm starting to really enjoy these 22-minute uh, apps, 40-minute uh, apps. Honestly, a full hour just feels like a chunk these days. And for pacing's sake, I sometimes honestly like this a little bit better. And so without um, going into too much spoilers yet, let me see if there's anything else. Um, let me see. Let me see if I can. Uh... Okay, so while the show is a dark comedy, Search Party has undergone various shifts of tone and genres in each season. That's something I'm definitely noticing is their ability to, to transfer the different type of show that you're watching, and yet it still feels within this realm of the world. Uh yeah, so it changes and shifts tone, but I think it's a balancing act that this is actually a really smartly, well-paced, well-written, extremely well-written well show. Uh, the first season is a mystery revolving around the disappearance of Chantel Witherbottom. And the story nods to classic detective stories such as Nancy, Nancy Drew mystery stories, as it's uh, underlined by the promotional art designed by Sam Hadley. It also includes comedy drama elements since the mystery plot is echoed by Dory's search for meaning and purpose. 
The creator, Charles Rogers, stated that the show explores what it means to be a good person, quote-unquote, and the difference, quote, the difference between wanting to be seen as a good person and being an actual one, end quote. Very, very existential is what we're, we're finding out in this. However, still, once again, with the tone, the pacing, the editing, all on par. Um, I think if you wanted to look at what a really good comedy is these days, I would feel like this is probably one of the best ones when it comes down to all of the the what feels like planning of this. It doesn't feel like they're like ad-libbing to a certain extent. Maybe like one or two lines might feel like that, but overall the um the actors in it are really fucking selling it. And so we have our our main cast is uh uh played by Ailey Shawcat as Dory Seif. Um Miss Shawcat was in Arrested Development. It was Michael Sarah's cousin, I believe, in that in that um show. She plays Dory Seif and uh NYU grad who is stuck as a personal assistant to a rich housewife. And wait. Oh yeah. She she plays an NYU grad who is stuck to a stuck as a personal assistant to a rich housewife and deeply unfulfilled by her stale relationship. Um, while her college acquaintance Chantel goes missing, she makes it her personal miss- mission to find uh, to find her, and she brings her and uh, she brings her friends with her. Her friends are played by John Reynolds, John Early, and Meredith Hager. Um, and so we have. Uh, let me see. Uh, let's see. Drew Gardner is uh John Rollins plays Drew Gardner, a sweet spoon-filled doofus who has spent his whole life a little too sheltered. Drew must grow a spine if he wants to help Dory solve the, the mystery of Chantel's disappearance and save their deterioration deteriorating relationship. John Early as Elliot Goss, gay and hipper than thou. That's not what I said. It's just on the uh, Wikipedia, but it's it's probably true. Um, Elliot is a uh, self-diagnosed narcissist who still finds it in his help uh, in his heart to help find Chantel. Adept at manipulating those around him, he is particularly good at detective work. And I think um, Elliot is my favorite character within the show, and um, he's only in the show uh, because the show is so short. I almost wish he had more time on the show so whenever he's on screen he's normally the flamboyant kind of screaming guy in the scene but not because he's gay but just because he's high emotion high stress and certain some of these certain scenarios and when he's uh talking to his um uh off and on boyfriend mark i am normally pretty close to tears when it comes to laughing on those scenes i mean it I don't have. I can't give these examples because I feel like I'm going to be spoiling it. So I'll kind of dance around it for the most part. Um, Meredith Hager as Portia Davenport, a flighty, bubbly actress. Portia is uh, swept up in the thrill of helping solve the mystery. Her desperate need for spotlight makes her excellent at chatting up suspects and getting information, even if by accident. And I do kind of like how they all have their own kind of. Uh, 
not they obviously have their own proclivities and the things that make them them but um they all have their like speciality kind of a little bit that kind of comes into play and so when I was watching the first episode I was like yeah this is this is an interesting show second I was getting a little bit more into it third I was laughing out loud fourth I realized that I was watching what feels like a millennial Seinfeld it's the best way I could really describe this show it's just the most bonkers it's not it's the reverse show about nothing because Seinfeld was all about kind of episodic in a way um you know it's not serialized where you're going along a super strict storyline and stuff things that would happen in one episode sometimes would carry over and sometimes wouldn't this everything carries over this everything has uh, repercussions and stuff like that. So it feels a little bit more important and um, it respects the craziness of the world a little bit more. So um, let me see. Uh, let me see. Let me see. All right. Um, yeah. And so what an eccentric and colorful cast full of what feels like character actors. You know, these these people really feel like these are just, you know, real people. Um let me see if there's anything else we got to talk about for the first episode. Um, I'm going to talk about the first episode and then the last episode of season one. So episode one, season one, the mysterious disappearance of the girl no, no one knew. When her college acquaint, acquaintance Chantel goes missing, Dory makes it her personal mission to find her. We're going to discuss uh, season season one, episode one right now, and then we will be discussing season Sorry, episode 10. So I'll, I'll try to mark it, um, or I'll try to let everyone know when we're about to discuss the very last episode. So if you don't want to uh, hear anything about that, um, yeah, we'll do that. When her college acquaintance Chantel goes missing, Dory makes it her personal mission to find her. At that time, she begins to doubt her relationship with her boyfriend, Drew. Later, Dory supposedly sees Chantel in a Chinese restaurant. When she approaches Chantel, she runs away, leaving a book. And the search party, looking for Chantel, finds her blouse with blood in the forest. So, pretty interesting setup. And just like many shows, there's a missing somebody at the beginning, maybe some evidence in the forest, and now we have a group of people that are trying to find and solve the mystery. I mean, I just watched three episodes of, sorry, three seasons of Dark, and I don't think it's a spoiler to say that it's just this almost identical setup with the crime and just a different type of murder, or like not a murder, but a different type of uh, missing type person ideal. Um you know, what do we have? Uh, I, I feel like True Detective has it too. Um, I feel like there's so many movies and television shows that start off with like a missing somebody. And are they murdered? Are they missing? Did somebody see them? There's a big clue, that type of thing. And so um, this first episode does a very good job at setting up all the little pieces of the different individuals. Everyone is playing their part and it's showing the it's showing the expressions on all of the actors as in, you know, everyone has this part and we're kind of getting an idea of these different personalities. And 
I think they're laying it a little thick in this first episode, just how crude the world is. And it's kind of hard to tell that you're watching a comedy, to be honest, because of how straight everyone is acting. Um, but once you realize that there is some ridiculous happening around the corner, that's when you know that this is going to be a pretty funny-ass show. And I, to be honest, I feel like it's not till episode three that I realized how funny the show was. And I've watched this first season probably twice now. It's just it, the majority of the first season twice, and it's just cracking me up, I swear. So we are about to start um, episode 10 right now. I didn't go through all the entire season. Sorry, I didn't uh, cover the entire season. I just wanted to do episode 1 and 10 just to kind of get the front and back end of the entire story. So episode 10 of season 1 we are discussing now for anyone that needs to pause and just go watch it. Um, here we go. The House of Uncanny Truths. So the biggest thing that I noticed going through this entire season is that even though it is a serialized television, you know, um, we are getting a fluid story throughout each of the episodes. They do in turn somewhat feel episodic as well because of the crazy small events that would happen in some of these episodes. It almost felt like uh, bottle episodes in some in some cases. When they're talking to Chantel's ex-boyfriend, they basically are staying in one place the entire time. Absolutely um, hilarious scenes with him, but it's also uncomfortable as hell. And it's it's all these different emotions at once that I, I enjoy watching other people go through. Obviously, I wouldn't want to go through it, but I, I just thought it was pretty funny. So, uh, yeah, including the cult episode, Chantel's boyfriend episode, um ex-boyfriend and then like the vigil and all these things that everyone's having to go through on these different episodes are pretty damn hilarious when it comes down to it and the expansion of the world something that is going to happen in season two is it just continues to expand the world and that's what I really like about this uh, search party show it's episode 10. While she is in the car, Dory has a nightmare about finding Chantel before she is killed. Uh, she is killed by Keith. An inquisitive Drew asks Elliot about the night at the museum, eventually finding out the lie. Drew stops the car and confronts Dory about her affair. Before breaking up with her, while Drew orders a bus ticket to leave, Dory, Portia, and Elliot try to piece together the various information various pieces of information at their disposal. They end up thinking that Chantel joined the cult and is pregnant with Keith's baby. The latter killing Lorraine to uh, to hide the truth and uh, then chase Chantel. Portia befriends a French-Canadian man named Mathau. Or Mathau. I forgot his name. Uh, sorry. The... Um, the crew arrive at the house where Chantel is hiding and split ways. Keith introduces, sorry, Keith intrudes in the house. Following an isolated and panicked Dory, she tases him and he hits his head against the corner of the kitchen table. A bleeding Keith gets up and tackles Dory to the ground while yelling at her. Drew enters in a hurry and knocks Keith out with an obelisk-shaped trophy, leaving him dead. 
Elliot goes into the house and asserts that they shouldn't call the police. Portia suddenly comes into the house with uh, Mattel and Chantel by her side. Dory, Drew, and Elliot hide Keith's body in a closet and the obelisk in the fridge. Chantel then tells what happened to the group. She had an affair with a married man who refused to leave his family for her, and then she decided to ghost everyone, which basically means uh, ignore everyone. A confused and aggressive Dory tries to match Chantel's mundane expressions with her own theory, realizing that Chantel was in no real danger in the end. Dory goes into the bathroom and vomits. The episode closes on a shot of Dory ambiguously gazing at herself in the mirror. Kind of like a what have I done kind of thing. So, I think it was around episode four? Let me see. It's either four or five where Keith is introduced. Keith is played by Ron Livingston, who is, uh, you know, People have seen Rodden Livingston in tons of things. Wasn't, wasn't he in Saving Private? He was, he, no, he was in Band of Brothers. He's also in Office Space. So he's he can do drama. He can do comedy. Um, I haven't seen Swingers, but I think that's comedy as well. He was also in The Conjuring, so he's done horror. Boardwalk Empire, so he can do a period piece. So, um, yeah, it's it's very cool to see Ron Livingston in this I feel like he's more of a movie star kind of um than not than a um a television star you know so it's very cool cool to see um Ron Livingston is that he and he plays this character kind of uh very interestingly you know it's it's hard to describe this this strange character but he's like this lived-in character of a dad that's kind of run down and crazy might have some things wrong with him mentally a little bit but ultimately he's he's a fleshed out character just like everyone else he just kind of snaps a little bit toward the end and the crew just gets way out of hand way not wacky but I mean if someone was attacking, you know, your significant other on the floor and you just weren't thinking anything but that they were being attacked, I mean, it would be hard not to bonk them on the head. You wouldn't know that you were going to kill them, obviously. Maybe you shouldn't want – maybe you shouldn't bonk them on the head. I don't know. Tackle them or something. But, uh, you know, that was the first reaction they had. But they just made a series of so many other mistakes on top of that, like having um, just – moving the body and deciding to, you know, leave it in the closet while they went to dinner, I believe. It was um kind of bucked up. <laughs> and it's it's a dark this is where the dark comedy kind of comes in. It's like, oh my gosh, y'all are really just gonna do this and let this, you know, slide? Are they psychopaths? And, you know, you think about it, it's like you you would think the neighbor was a psychopath given how how crazy she was. Um I'm trying to find if Linda Phoebe Tires, I think is her name. Uh, Phoebe Tires as April. Okay, so yeah. She's the crazy-ass neighbor who kind of fits this, like, psychotic mold, but, like, super emotionally abused and stuff like that it's there's a whole bunch of things going on with that character which is funny and sad at the same time there are like 
hidden jokes in this movie, sorry, in this show that just feel like, I don't know, different in a way. And I feel like they're able to like tackle things like uh, they're able to talk about like abuse a little bit in a way that is not offensive to put a joke in there somehow. It's it, it's not like you're you're laughing at the expense of other people or something like that. It's more or less this is a really difficult subject. This is kind of a ridiculous way to tackle it and if this person was to kind of like be involved in it, they're still they're still able to walk the line of kind of being able to say, "Hey, that's kind of wrong, but also there's a there's a bit of a hinge of a joke on, on the side in it, you know? A bit of truth. You know, people always like um, you know, a little bit of truth in their um, in their mix of comedy because that's what kind of really makes it tick. It's like everyone, oh, that is true. It's like, oh, yeah, I can totally relate to that um, and in that way. So episode 10, I was like immediately, I got to fucking watch the next episode. I almost, I did watch the next episode. I think I had watched like three or four episodes of the first season and then I jumped into the second one not even knowing that it was second season, I was just like, you know, hit me up with the fresh music. The skies on me. I don't know. But um, the music is really bumping in this, the pacing, everything. We'll kind of keep this review about as long as the show is because, honestly, I don't have much more to say about it other than what an entertaining show and a hidden gem to find. This first season is a great interpretation of at least the first two seasons, um, you know, with the wackiness, with the dramatic, uh, I, I guess the dramatic scenes that happen, their ability to walk the line of the pacing and the comedy drama route. It's just very impressive. So. Uh, I never felt like it drags either. I think that's something this kind of reminds me a little bit of. I might have to talk about it in a fucking um, third season if we do uh, two more seasons of this uh, podcast. We might end up just skipping to the fourth season and then kind of doing a, a recap in the different seasons of what's you know what's what in the different seasons, what makes which tick and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, very impressed with the cast, very impressed with the show. Jeff Kanata, thank you so much for recommending this and anybody else that had recommended this. This was this was a hell of a watch um, when it comes to finding a gym. I don't think I've found something I've enjoyed this much in a, kind of a few months. I, I did enjoy The Queen's Gambit, which I did not um, podcast about, but because of the um, things that were going on at the time. I, I, I really enjoyed The Queen's Gambit. That was a lot of fun. So yeah, first season of Search Party again. Um, once again, this is uh, on HBO Max as of right now, and I know that's different for different people depending on where you're listening um, and what you're able to stream, but that is what I watched it on, and that's what I would recommend. I really think that uh, this is a banger. So uh, like, share, subscribe, look at our podcast. Let me know how I can improve. Let me know what you thought about Search Party. Let me know, um, you know, com any comments, questions, and stuff like that. If you want to get this podcast early, this has already been released on the Patreon. It's only a few bucks. It's like two bucks a month, one buck a month. Uh, choose your level of how you want to um, interact and help support the Lucky Dog podcast. I 
don't get paid regularly this, for this, so any support obviously helps. We put in tons of hours um, when we're uh, watching the television show, and then when it comes to the back production side, we got to edit all this, and then, you know all of this takes um, studio time and money, and um, you know the editing stuff obviously takes a long time as well. So um, any support you give. The Lucky Dog Podcast would be greatly appreciated, and I'll be sure to give you as many shout-outs as I can. And, um, you know, if you have any recommendations on top of that, feel free to do that as well. I might uh, try to start doing that uh, eventually uh, for recommendations, maybe do some sort of Patreon thing. Um, but, yeah, check us out on the Patreon for all the stuff early, all the stuff on Audio Master. That'll be on SoundCloud. Um, find the spoiler um, free section for movies and stuff will be specifically on YouTube. Find us live on Twitch. Yeah, we have all the social medias and Facebook if you're still on there. And then uh, we live tweet about movies as well. I'll keep all of the uh, description stuff up to date. And, uh, yeah, check out Search Party. I cannot recommend it enough. This this is the reason I have a podcast because I don't think I can tell enough people um, this much detailed information about something I really like. And so, yeah, check it out. Uh, Search Party, HBO Max, Season 1. Thank you for listening, watching Luck It Out Podcast. Take it easy. Chantal! I've got to go. Cover me. Oh, Jesus. Are you kidding me? Is anybody out here?